Abel, Principal Analyst with ARC Advisory Group, with a podcast on digital twin technology and its use in production. I'm here today with John Sobel, CEO and co-founder of Sight Machine, who will discuss digital twins, a newer technology that is helping manufacturers and operations become more efficient today. Hi, John. It's great to have you with us today. We're excited to learn about Sight Machine, Digital Twins, and your manufacturing platform, and how this fits in with your digital transformation. Could you tell the audience a little about yourself, your background, and a little background information on Sight Machine? Like, how long have they been around? Thank you, Janice. It's great to be with you and your audience today. Our company, Sight Machine, is almost 10 years old. It was founded by a group of uh, people, five of us, all of whom had had very deep careers with uh, internet and big data, but uh, who coincidentally, uh, most of us had grown up either working in manufacturing or coming from manufacturing families. And the company started in Southeast Michigan in 2011. We've um, We've grown very steadily uh, and are now experiencing very rapid growth. The company started uh, uh, the first five or six years just trying to understand problems that manufacturers have with data and uh, very intentionally built uh, a product solution to the challenge of working with data. So uh, I'm sure we'll get into it, but our background is a bunch of web heads and tech people who got really intrigued with what has gone on to be called Industry 4.0, IIoT, all, all the different labels that people use for it are really the opportunities that manufacturers have to use technology to, to be better. And we, we got into the problem about 10 years ago and really started to see some great progress in the industry. Okay, there's a lot of definitions we're seeing on the digital twins, and they range from integrating the physical world with the virtual world to, to the simulation of the physical world. How would you define the digital twins? It's such a great question because digital twins is one of those uh, terms that actually means different things. So I'll share our sense of the word at, at our company, and hopefully this will be helpful. The term originally uh, was developed to define, uh, to cover uh, physics-based uh, simulation of, of assets. So let's try to understand how a machine works, how a process works. Let's put those rules in math and software, and we'll basically build a twin, uh, a, a software-based model of something based on the rules that drive that asset. The term has uh, since gone on to expand to cover some different concepts. and. When we use the term, we use it in the following way. An empirical model, uh, a, a feedback model of, of an asset. We don't, um, we don't build twins by going and asking um, experts who run the machine or have built the machine, what are the physics-based rules that drive the machine? We try to empirically represent what's happening with that machine or that process. Where this gets really interesting is when you build a system-level twin, when you're able to empirically understand and analyze infinite assets, uh, all the assets in a line, all the lines in a plant, 
all the plants in an enterprise or supply chain. And so when we use the term digital twin, we're talking about an empirical feedback model, not a controls model, not a simulation, but a way of understanding what's happening with assets and lines and systems continuously in real time and holistically. It's a very big move to pull that off, uh, and it's a complement to physics-based twins. A company like ours will never be as much of an expert as our clients are or as their partners are in exactly what makes their process work from a physics-based point of view, but we think we can help people understand what's actually happening and make decisions based on the feedback about their system. Okay. So what challenges is Sight Machine solving, and how is the technology innovative in solving these challenges? So the main challenge that we solve, and I don't have kind of a crispy name for you on this yet, but uh, let's call it the data challenge. And here, here's what we mean by that. Most of your um, most of your clients are thinking very deeply about using the vast amounts of data that they generate in their operations to understand what's happening in the operations and to continuously improve them. This is a huge focus, and companies have gone through um, very important steps in 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 modernizing how they how they approach this. Uh, for decades, um, people have increasingly automated production, and the data that is produced by that automation and all the systems and plants is incredibly valuable, but there's an important aspect of the data that most of us don't think about. Over in Internet land, data has been built and generated with an analysis in mind from the beginning. The way the virtual world works, everything is set up for analytics. But in the physical world, data is generated almost as a byproduct in some cases. And so it's very valuable, but it's all extremely different. It's varied. It's on different time cycles. It's generated by different things. It's got different formats. And so this was data that is developed without it ever having been designed for analysis. So here's the steps companies go through. First, they, they uh, they appreciate um, that data is valuable and they start trying to work with it. Then they realize it's important to aggregate it. There's a lot of it, and so a lot of time is spent thinking about where do we put it, how do we move it around. And then everybody starts to think about how do we analyze the data. And this is where the really critical gap is coming up for a lot of companies. They've put together huge amounts of data, and then they've started to do things like hire data scientists and say, how do we um, how do we understand this data and start getting on top of problems? And this is a very important point to make. The technology is cool. There's a lot of innovation happening, but in the end, it all has to be about the same outcomes and things that manufacturers have always cared about. We've got to get better throughput, better quality, better control of cost, flexibility. We've got to be able to optimize operations. People have been working on these problems for a long time, and they've used techniques like Lean and Six Sigma very well. But we've kind of hit the limit of what we can what we can know or what we can see unless we use data. And so now companies are finding that although they have a ton of data and a lot of skilled people can analyze it, there's no systematic way to make sense of the data. There's no product that you can put into your operations that will help you understand the data at scale. 
Everything is by hand. So there's an app for one problem, an app for another problem, a developer doing something for you in one place, a data scientist in another. And what we offer is a product that continuously understands and analyzes the data in people's plants at scale. The part that um, is truly innovative about Site Machine is the underlying technology that we use to do this, the product that we use to make sense of data, is the same product regardless of the process or assets that are being analyzed. And that's a very bold claim. It took us a long time to develop this. Uh, we raised a lot of venture capital money to do this. We use the same product to understand manufacturing and life sciences, automotive, CPG, chemicals, materials, and that allows us to scale. It allows our clients to be able to understand a bunch of different activities continuously. So the way to think of Site Machine is as a sense-making layer for all the data that's being generated and aggregated and needs to be put into usable form. We're a subscription software product. We drive analysis and visualization on top of the data, but we're quite open, and the information that we generate can be shared with other systems. Most important, we view our role as enabling the experts, the operators and process engineers, and, and plant leadership to make better decisions faster based on the information we generate for them. So where are companies using Site Machine technology? So um, we're operating in over 15 companies, countries around the world. Uh, we are in uh, plants in a variety of industries, uh, paper, packaging, chemicals, automotive, food and beverage, several other verticals. The thing I should emphasize is you, you all in ARC work with a whole range of companies across the manufacturing value chain. We, we, um, we do production. We are able to understand and help companies scale in using their data because we focus on production activities. Uh, so we're not a supply chain company, we're not a logistics company. The data that we analyze and, and make useful can be provided to those functions, uh, but we are, we are for the shop floor. And we are working in shop floors in the you know, in the variety of verticals I just shared with you, um, generally it's enterprise manufacturers with a lot of plants. Uh, we're quite able to work uh, in um, wildly varying IT environments. Every plant, as everyone knows, is completely different. Even if two plants make this exact same thing, their data environment is completely different. So we've built a product that's allowed us to go into these verticals and this many geographies because it's, uh, because it's consistent. I, I noticed that Sony recently invested over $29 million in Site Machine in a disruptive technology initiative. Could you tell, the, tell us about that? Yes. Uh, we're delighted uh, that Sony's invested in our company. Um, recent investors also include uh, a large Korean industrial conglomerate, uh, LS Group. It's a $30 billion manufacturer. Eon, well, one of uh, uh, the largest uh, um, energy companies in Europe, invested in us because of their sustainability focus. Um, Mitsui is an investor as well, and we've got um, some really good um, traditional venture investors, uh, as well as one of one of our clients, uh, Westrock. Uh, Westrock's one of the leading uh, 
paper companies in North America, and they've invested as well. Uh, all of these companies, e either because they are manufacturers themselves or because they're interested in working with manufacturers, are looking for ways to get scale. There's just so many, um, there's so much going on in manufacturing right now, and, and the wall that everybody's hitting is they've got good point solutions, but they want to be able to get the benefit of technology and data across their enterprise. And I think that's what's attracted these investors to Site Machine is the opportunity that they see to go work on 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 plants at once. We're very fortunate to have uh, the support and the wisdom of these kinds of investors. They know a lot about the companies we want to support. And this is really hard. It's new. It's innovative. Everybody's trying to figure it out. So we get a lot of benefit from working with, um, with investors like that. So what are some of the benefits or value that you're seeing users get getting from Site Machine? So this gets right down to manufacturing basics. Um, we contend that when all is said and done with all the sophisticated technology, what we're really trying to do here is help manufacturers get better and better, right in line with the tradition of continuous improvement. And so we, uh, from the outset of a relationship with manufacturers, uh, pull out a single sheet of paper. On this sheet of paper is a map of where value can be achieved in manufacturing. And it's always in one of the several areas. Um, and a lot of this kind of overlaps with OEE frameworks and things like that. Um, every industry, of course, has its own language, but it's very simple. We're helping um, manufacturers increase throughput, increase quality, reduce costs, reduce energy consumption. Uh, optimize their production for uh, uh, changeovers and, and kind of flexibility. And, and here's kind of the, the bottom line. <laughs> um, it is well understood that if you can increase productivity, if you can increase OE by 1%, because of the fixed cost nature of production, people have already paid for all their machines and labor. Every new uh, unit that's produced is highly profitable. So for every 1% improvement in OEE, you should see a 3 to 5% improvement in profitability. We're helping companies uh, routinely achieve 5 or 10% gains in productivity. And uh, in each plant, even in the same company, even if all the plants make the same thing, uh, it varies from plant to plant, but it's one of those four levers I mentioned, throughput, quality, cost, or flexibility. And it changes over time. A lot of times you'll, you'll get the low-hanging fruit by getting visibility nailed. We do some very sophisticated data science. Uh, we use techniques like AI and ML on top of our platform. And there's just new pools of value all the time. You know, we may start with, hey, um, run your morning meeting off of this. Be able to see everything that's happening across your operations and figure out where you're having bottlenecks. Let's dive down and problem solve. Let's do some continuous improvement on things. We don't need to do design of experiment. We don't need long Kaizen exercises. We can see what's going on pretty quick. The operators will know what to go fix. Then we can get into some pretty sophisticated data science. And once that's built out, we're doing predictive analytics, things like uh, predictive quality, alerting when um, parameters are varying in the system and you're going to start having defects. Uh, we do predictive downtime. That's a big thing. If the, uh, if the data is good, we've got um, a lot of it, we're able to warn people, alert them when things are going to go wrong. So all of that is driven off of the same foundation, which is being able to understand the data. 
what do you think uh, the top three differentiators are for Sight Machines technology? Sure. So the first is that we're a streaming technology. Um, and I'm going to geek out a little bit here. Bear with me. Um, there are a lot of great tools uh, out there uh, that enable people to kind of go back and play with data. Uh, the challenge for manufacturers is you actually want to know what's going on right now as it's happening. Um, we have met countless folks at manufacturing companies who will tell us, you know, I know from experience that the problems I'm having right now are one of five or six things, but I just don't know which one it is. Um, so streaming technology literally streams data as it's being generated through a product layer like ours and tells you what's going on. Um, that's the difference between real-time and retrospective. That's a big deal. I think the second aspect of our uh, approach is this notion of scale. The way we have focused on working across multiple lines and plants at once, that's really hard. Uh, but if you can achieve it, it's valuable. And that leads to the third focus of our company, which we believe is distinctive. You and I have been talking a lot about technology, and scale is a technology problem. But having a great product is not enough. Um, this, this, using this kind of product requires that uh, the operators and the process engineers and everybody in a company who might work with data trust the data, believes in it, sees the value, wants to use it, and knows that their feedback is being incorporated into the product and they're getting what they need. And so one of the things we focused on for a long time, I mentioned the company started in uh, Southeast Michigan. Our first couple clients were automotive companies. As everybody in manufacturing knows, they can be incredibly demanding cultures. And it was really impressed upon us early that for these efforts to succeed, we have to be a real partner to our clients and change. And we think a lot, not just about the technology, but about how is it adopted, how is it used, are we winning hearts and minds, are we giving people what they need. And so there's a lot of flexibility in our product and our approach, and we're working with some great companies on, on adoption. The word I would use here, and this is so important to emphasize, outcome. We're not selling a product, we're selling outcomes. We work really hard to mitigate risk. Uh, we'll do uh, very bold things on projects. If, if we don't hit certain thresholds, we'll be happy to um, reduce the cost. We want people who are taking uh, chance, chances to do something new and putting their name on the line to be successful. And so we think really hard about outcome and mitigating risk so that change can happen. So where do you see the future of digital twins in production, and how can Sight Machine help manufacturers out there um, today? So we believe the future is very exciting. Um, it's it's uh, Manufacturing is just going through so much change, and there's so many demands, and uh, companies are under a lot of pressure to innovate. Those that do are going to see outsized gains, outsized leads in their industries. Uh, our view of all of this stuff is that um, we continue to be in a noisy, crowded environment where everybody's trying to figure out what all the buzzwords mean and who does what, but it's clarifying very quickly. And technologies like digital twin technology and, and um, products like ours are uh, about to become widely adopted. Uh, 
It's funny. I, I would say, you know, five years ago, this was all very speculative. The case was being made that this was necessary. Uh, if we went to an ARC conference in Orlando in 2014 or 2015, there was a lot of discussion about why do we need to do this? Is this real? We are now definitely um, in the next phase. People have jumped over to Broom, and now it's about execution and scale. There's a lot of fatigue with pilots. Everybody wants to get results, and they want to operationalize things. I think that we are very quickly moving into an era where uh, the companies that have figured this out are starting to invest and get real benefit out of it. And I think if we check back with each other in a few years, we're going to see that uh, a, a certain sort of tipping point has happened. The analysts who study this say that once 20% of an industry starts to use this kind of technology, the whole industry tips. If I had to guess where we are, we're probably at the 5 to 10% level, but it's going up fast. Two or three years from now, I think this is no longer going to be a discussion at all about what do you do, but it's going to be about how do you go fast. It's really exciting. Thanks, thanks, John. Um, that's about all we have time today. And thank you for listening today and, and also for giving this insightful interview. I'm sure there's a it's lot a of, I'm, sh I'm sure there's a lot of manufacturers interested in AI enabled digital twins for production. And that was John Sobel, CEO and founder of Sight Machine, who discussed the digital twin technology. If you'd like more information on this topic or on digital twins, please take a look at our website, www.arcweb.com, and Sight Machine's website, or contact either of us. Thank you again for listening. <laughs>